What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome to the season two finale of Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin Tigelli. Ignite Your Why podcast is a platform to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and truly understand what ignites their why. I'm super excited for today's guest. This woman has a heart of gold and makes a difference every day in her community. She was born and raised in the 513 Cincinnati, Ohio, and she obtained her bachelor's degree in business administration and her associate's degree in early childhood education. Currently, she has spent the last 23 years as a community relations coordinator at the Village's Apartments of Rural Hill in Cincinnati. Let's give a warm welcome to Lisa Hyde Miller. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on here. Like when I tell you guys, this woman is amazing because the work she does every day is truly inspiring. And I feel like I've gained a sense of like, I don't know how to say like push ever since like I met you. It's like you have this light and it radiates and it's so infectious. Thank you. So you're just truly a great person. How are you doing today though? I'm doing great. I'm just uh, so thankful to God that you invited me to be able to share uh, my mission work that I have been placed here on this earth to do. So let's just hop right into it. So what is your story? Who is Lisa Hyde Miller? Well, Lisa Hyde Miller is the daughter of a nurse uh, from the early 60s, Miss Cordelia Plummer, the daughter of a, a father who fought in the Vietnam War during the 60s and early 70s, who was raised at 1810 Elm Street downtown and over the Rhine, who went to Washington Park Elementary, left there and went to the School for Creative and Performing Arts as a dancer and a minor in drama and art, and then went on to the University of Cincinnati. Lisa Hyde Miller is now the wife of Warren Miller, the mother of four children, two biological children, and the grandmother of five children. Um, Lisa Hyde Miller was born in the early, in the mid-60s, loved to help people, passionate about what the mission work that God has put her here to do, Um, loved to share happiness with people, share a smile, a kind word. And Lisa Hyde Miller is the type that will give you the shirt off her back if you ask for it. But also, <clears throat> Lisa Hyde Miller is not the type that wants to help people but don't want them to help themselves. So my motto is help me help you. So anyone that comes to me, no matter where you live in this world, if you need help, I will help you. But I also want to see you help yourself so that my helping won't be in vain. I love like what you do, but I also loved how you just talked about yourself in the third person. <laughs> 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 the entire time. Yeah. I'm pretty creative with that. <laughs> I was like, dang, she's she's going through it. Like, she's committed to this third person talk. Amen. So going to the University of Cincinnati must run in your family. So actually, I am the only one that went to the University of Cincinnati. Really? Yes. My brother and my sister and now my daughter all are Xavier University grads. Well, let me back up. My daughter graduated with her bachelor's from NKU, but she's getting her oh, master's so. That's now. What I did. Yeah, she has a bachelor's in criminal justice, 
and a minor in African American studies, and she's getting her master's now at Xavier. So. Well, they have really good minds. Yeah. Xavier, but, <laughs> sorry for all my UC fans. Oh, I just Lord, can't. I'm a bear cat. You know, Tangerman Hall is where I used to hang out at. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but your daughter, NKU. Yes. Xavier, yes. same kind of path. I yeah, love it. Yeah, that's my baby. That's so cool. So I really want to get into the meat of this whole entire podcast episode, uh, which is our next segment. And it's kind of just what inspires you, but more importantly, what is it that ignites your why? So what ignites my why is, like I mentioned before, my mom was a nurse at General Hospital, which is now University of Cincinnati Hospital. My dad fought in the Vietnam War. And before my dad came back from Vietnam, I remember uh, going to Washington Park Elementary with my brother and trying to rush home and do our homework and eat and everything before the sun went down. You may ask why before the sun went down, because sometimes we didn't have our electorate on. I remember um, not ever buying jelly and using honey or just anything that was sweet to go with the peanut butter on a quarter loaf of bread from A&P grocery store. Uh, I remember not ever having a wash and dryer, but able to go and wash our clothes at a laundromat, but your undergarments and things like that, you wash in the bathtub and you hung them out on the fire escape at 1810 Elm Street, which is the building is still there now and is going into lofts. Um, I remember putting the pans out on the fire escape. I remember mom going nights without eating just so that her children could eat. And I thought, oh, she's trying to lose weight, but it was because we didn't have enough food. Um, and I didn't really realize that we were poor until my dad came back from Vietnam and the government started paying him for his war injuries. He lost his left eye and the left side of his brain. And then so he was considered a 100 percent disabled veteran. And when they started paying him, we were able to buy a house. We were able to buy a car. We was able to buy a wash and dryer. We was able to buy jelly and other things, have meat almost every single day of the week if we wanted it. And I thought, man, this is a different light than what I grew up on until he came back. And I said, and I made a promise to myself and to God that, Lord, if you allow me to grow old, I will help as many people as I can so that they don't experience or try not to have them experience too long what I experienced as a child until he gave me that silver spoon. So that's what ignites me. That what That's what pushes me to go on. And also... To see this wonderful principal that I had at Washington Park Elementary, I always thought about fame and dancing and <laughs> New York and Broadway and never knew anything about it. But Mr. Roger A. Haynes was the principal at Washington Park, and he knew about this school called Creative Performing Arts at 1310 Sycamore. He set up my audition. He purchased all of my dance clothes for the first year I was there, all of my art supplies, and made sure that I got into that school. He also made sure my brother went on and sung in the Cincinnati Boys Choir uh, with the black pants and the white shirt and the red vest, you know, back in the 70s, and that my brother went on to Roger Bacon High School and graduate from there. And so because of that principle believing in me, I have to find that light in someone else, as many people as possible, because I know that somebody took time to find the light in me and make sure that I did everything that I could do, pageants and commercials and you name it. I did it all before I was even 20 years old. That's wild to me. Yeah. What you just said there is kind of like, if you listen to last episode of Jordan's episode, we just talked about this. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, like 
it's crazy how one person can change your life. Yeah, can impact you and have that impact. And it's like long lasting. And I think the one thing that really stood out to me, like when you're telling your story is like how younger, like when you were younger, you didn't realize that your normal wasn't normal. Correct. And most kids don't realize that until they're exposed to something different. Correct. And I think that's kind of like where my passion lies Mm -hmm. is like I've seen both sides and it's kind of where you want to just give every kid a fair opportunity Uh, no matter what walk of life you come from or economic status or any of that thing. Like it's just what can we do as people Mm -hmm. to give everyone a fair opportunity? It's true. Because you see it in schools, you see it in sports and I think Cincinnati and like the greater Cincinnati area, I'm going to include Covington because that's where I'm from. Yes. But they're very similar and demographics and everything of that nature. But people put a stigma like this stereotype Mm -hmm, on our mm -hmm. children of like, oh, like they're from there. They're not going to be anything. They're not going to do anything. Um, I actually had the principal of uh, St. Joseph on my podcast. Okay. And she was talking about this statistic that she learned in college Mm -hmm. of how like they use third grade test scores. To build jails. Yes. Yes. Which I thought was wild. Yes. Yes. Like, why is that a stat? Why is someone's third grade ability determining their future? And you know what? What the sad thing is, is that they just write them off based on where they live, based on the history of their farm, uh, of their family, and based on if they may need an IEP or they're struggling in reading, reading in the third grade, you're going to determine that you need to build more jails. That's not right. Just think of Mr. Haynes didn't open that door for me. My, like I said, my dad didn't come back from Vietnam until I was nine turning 10 years old. So the first nine years of my life was struggle. But that principal saw that light in me. He believed in me. He didn't say, she's an OTR, she's an over the run. Ooh, you know, this is the inner city neighborhood. Don't help them. He's seen that light. He's seen my mom struggling, trying to raise three kids and work my shift. Because when it was general hospital, she worked at 11 at night to seven in the morning. And when she came home, she got us off to school and she slept the time that we was at school. And then we came home, did homework, ate dinner. We went to bed and she was gone to work. So now they would call sick for kids on you. But then the school knew, but they cared enough to know that we was not going to get into any kind of trouble. And they want to show us a different light. And that's what we have to do with people. We can't judge people by the way they look on the outside, by their surroundings, but what's in their heart and what's in their mind. And when you see that talent in someone, you got to push it. You got to help them bring that light out. Right, because there's always a way out. Amen. It's just, I tell people all the time, like, we as individuals and as people need to do what we can to give these kids an opportunity. Yes. Because that's all it takes is one opportunity to make a difference. Amen. I always tell people, be the change you want to see. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Amen. And not just the children, but their parents. You know, their parents may have dropped out of school in the seventh grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, whatever it may be. But like I tell anybody to come to me every day, they come and say, how are you doing? Oh, Miss Lisa, I don't feel good. Wait a minute. Hold on. Everybody that woke up this, everybody that went to sleep last night didn't wake up this morning. And for the Lord to allow you still to be breathing this morning, he has a purpose for your life. So let's try this again. How are you doing? Did you wake up this morning? Yes, Miss Lisa. You may be going through trials and tribulations. 
And nothing is going to be easy. No matter what, how much money you make, no matter what your education, you're going to go through trials and tribulations, but it's not the end of the world. It's how you deal with it and you keep going. So because you still living, you got work to do. Because you had a past doesn't mean that past dictates your future. You still can make it. So let's teach this to the adults, let's teach this to the kids, and let's support them as a whole. And, and as the Bible says, the kids would lead. So if you help the kids even more so, they're going to go home and that's going to rub off on their parents and vice versa. It's the mindset. Amen. <laughs> I love it. And it's kind of, it goes into why you've been in your role for so long. Yes. Uh, could, so th- speaking of your role, uh, could you tell tell us a little bit more about like what that entails and like what you do? Yes. So in my paid job, and I have three different hats that's going to connect together in a second. So my paid job as the service coordinator, community relations coordinator, I provide 27 programs for 704 families on 80 acres of land, which is 3,000 plus people. So the Villages of Row Hill is the 10th poorest zip code of the 1,000 zip codes in the state of Ohio. The average family there makes $14,000 or less a year, which means when they move in, they can be head of household at the age of 18, okay? And they have never had an apartment before. So I'm there to provide them first with cleaning supplies, clothes, assistance getting furniture, uh, education if they dropped out of school and they need to get back into a GED program, a job readiness program, budget training, uh, activities for the whole entire family, field trips, uh, taking them to events that they may have never experienced in their life, like the Society uh, Opera or the Dress Rehearsal Society Opera or a play or anything like that. Whatever that I had the opportunity to experience, I want to bring it to them. Whatever that the average person takes for granted, oh, you know, having hygiene items, uh, learning how to budget a $200 a month income, or learning how to budget no cash flow income but still know how to make ends meet, you know, learning how to fill out an application to get support to help you when you're struggling. I'm there to do that. So once they move in, I'm teaching them everyday life skills experience. I'm giving them activities to take them outside of their surroundings and see other experience. I'm giving them support, words of wisdom, and just that helping hand in any kind of way, from food to clothing to hygiene to whatever it may be. I like. I just love hearing you speak because it's just <laughs> yeah. like the work you do is unbelievable. Because so, there needs to be more people like you. Well, I, you know, I used to say, oh, I'm doing God's work. And my husband said, no, you're not. God made you without your help. So I thank God that he allows me to do work that he allows me to do. So that's my paid job. Now, my mission work is part of the paid job. But my mission work is my nonprofit, which is Childhood Food Solutions. And that's where we provide food bags 187 days a year to 4,000 kids in 11 neighborhoods, 11 schools. And that goes right back to, like I was saying, not having food to eat, not having meat to eat, watching my mom go without food. And then when I started getting the food, I'm like, wait a minute. Food plus education equals success. If a child doesn't have to worry about being hungry, they can focus on their schoolwork. The grades will go up, and then you won't have to worry about building a jail at the third grade level. You don't have to worry about them dropping out of school. You don't have to worry about them not being able to do their homework and not having someone at home to understand their homework. So let's provide the food for them so they can concentrate on their schoolwork. So that's when my nonprofit comes in. Nonprofit now, as of last year, have one staff, a part-time staff, executive director, but prior, 14 years prior to that, we were zero staff. 100% of the money went straight to the kids' food. 
And so I love that uh, the Lord has blessed us with so many partners and so many private donors and being able to write so many grants with my partner, Tony Furhead, to provide food to these kids. And what we want to do, like we spoke at New Orleans, the grad roots of Cincinnati, of the state of Ohio, uh, is to have this duplicated in other places. So right now, what we're doing here, the 187 days a year, that's every weekend, spring break, winter break, and the whole entire summer, is being duplicated in North Carolina. It's being duplicated in New York. It's being duplicated in Atlanta. So we want to get it duplicated, not just in those states, but just in other neighborhoods in Ohio and, and across. Because hunger is everywhere. Everybody knows that. But you got to address it whenever they don't have food. And you can't say, oh, it's their fault. It's not their fault. You know? When the United States decided in 2000 to say, okay, uh, you're on the system if you receive food stamps for three years and then you cut off, I call that the, the Titanic of the new millennium. And the reason why I call it Titanic of the new millennium because you have to teach them before you let them go. You know, yeah. you can't just give them money and say, okay, you cut off now and you got to fend for yourself because that's when crime goes up. So you got to show them why they're on there how to take that little cash that they have, how to go and buy uh, food that's going to stretch, healthy food. You don't have to buy name brand food all the time. You know, I, in a minute, I'll buy everything, Kroger like brand, Audi, or whatever it may be. Kroger but you brand. have to teach them so that when you put them out there, they can handle on what they need to do. So I love that, my nonprofit. Then also being a part of about 13, not not set on. I, you don't set on anything when you're doing, God, doing work that God allows you to do. So being a part of 13 boards around the city of Cincinnati to make sure that everything I'm doing my paid job, everything I'm doing my nonprofit, and that these 13 boards all work together to help people. That's what it's all about. You know, I, I live by this motto that Jesus came to serve and not to be served. And he made us. He's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if he came to serve and not to be serving, he's King of King and Lord of Lord. Why can't I walk in his footsteps? Why can't I devote my life to serve? And thank God I'm being paid to take care, you know, my grandchildren, my children and, and family vacation, things like that, and my bills. But the main thing is not even about the money because he's going to provide that. The main thing is to serve, to walk the way that he worked for the 33 years that he lived on this earth. And now that I'm 54, I asked him to let me live to three digits. So I have at least, what, 36 more years, 46 more years to go. <laughs> so uh, just the key thing is just serving others. That makes me. That makes my day. If I can say before I go to bed at night at 830 that I, <laughs> that I helped at least one person that day, at least one person I provided a smile or a helping hand, then I know my living that day was not in vain. That's wild to me. It's, I told y'all she has a heart of gold. Like, she is truly phenomenal. I'm going to leave you with a, a quote here. It's the one I, like, live by. It's fill your heart with love, your mind with truth, and your life with service. Mm, beautiful. So it's kind of combining the three things, being truthful and honest with yourself, but also spreading love and giving back to the community. It's yes. kind of how I want to live my life and why I've gotten into community relations myself. Yes. And it's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't know. And uh, I feel that with your spirit. You know, that's one gift that the Lord has blessed me with is be able to uh, discernment spirits of others. And I feel that with your spirit. When I first met you, I was like, I told pastors, I like his spirit. I like his spirit. So you are, you're the next generation that's coming up to take on 
everything that, that the Lord has blessed me to do for you to share that with others and, and just continue to be the beautiful young man that you are. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of talked about like the work you do and everything that you've been through. Um, but with 2020, we all know that was a crazy year. Uh, still kind of going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, ups and downs. We don't really know where COVID's taking us. Uh, but even besides COVID, there was so much that happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. So my question for you is just how have you been taking care of yourself mentally? So I listen to uh, spiritual music every single day of my life. I get up every single day and read Songs 91 and then whatever the songs is for that day. So today being the 15th of September, I read Songs 15 and then praying. Praying not just on my knees every morning, every night, but just praying while I'm driving, praying when I'm standing in the grocery store line, praying when I'm in a restaurant and people's getting frustrated because the cooks are trying to move as fast as they can. Just praying with nonstop, not have to always say it out, but sometimes I can just be sitting in my office and just start praying like, Lord, okay, what do you want me to do right now? Lord, tell me what I need to do first. Just taking time to pray and meditate. And I love just listening to the wind, listening to nature, and just looking out and just thanking God. So that keeps me humble. That keeps me focused. Last year, when my company shut down all of the rent offices and shut down the community center indoors, I couldn't shut down the mission work that God has put me here to do. And so I took it outside. Was the fear that the human part of me thinking about, hey, you may, you may catch COVID? Yes, that was going through my mind. But the spiritual part of me overtook that. Me listening to the songs, there's no weapon formed against me that prosper. You can do all things through Christ to strengthen you. The Lord is in charge of everything. He's the beginning and the end. He knows you're coming. He knows you're going. He knows your future. Me going over the Bible verses that I've been taught my whole life, listening to the spiritual songs, reading the Bible, that kept me focused. So I kept two and three masks on. I washed my hands 10,000 times a day. I kept gloves on. I went home, took my clothes off in the garage. When the garage door went down, tied it up in Kroger's bags until it was time for me to wash it, doing everything to keep safe, drinking orange juice every day, trying to eat right, doing cold comps. Whoever invented cold comps did an excellent job. Uh, (laughs) Just doing that, but also just saying, Lord, okay, I'm out here doing this work you want me to do. Keep me healthy, keep me strong, keep me healthy, keep me strong. And then praying that over others, not just me. And so that kept me going, knowing that the light is going to shine. Man, 2020 was rough for me, but I was a year of growth, I should say. Yes. And I think knowing like your heart and everything that you do, like it doesn't surprise me that you kept pushing through all of the trials and tribulations that 2020 had to offer. There's one thing that like, we've talked about outside of this that I kind of want to bring up because I think it's interesting and I think people should know. Okay. Your walk to Columbus. Yeah. This lady would walk from Cincinnati to Columbus, which is like 112 miles to the state house. Yes. 112 miles. (laughs) Four days. Oh, four days. Still, she walked 112 miles. Six years straight. No, we didn't walk back. No. No, we don't walk back. I don't remember. I did it for six years. So they say it's six marathons. I mean, four, you know, four marathons, six years, 24 marathons, and six years that I performed. Um, 
I never remember the the trip back, but my husband uh, would drive me back. What I do remember is this zoning. I had uh, 1,050 songs on my iPod that I still have. I still have my little bitty iPods about the size of maybe half a playing card, a deck of cards, like a half a playing card. Um, I remember listening to almost every last song, walking from 6.30 in the morning to about 6.37 at night. Um, I walked with, at that time, Senator Eric Kearney, who's now the CEO of the African-American Chambers of Commerce now. He was a senator in office for eight years. And he did it to bring the awareness of children health issues. And I did it for hunger. So it was the beginning of my nonprofit. And I wanted to get the word out about childhood food solutions. And so I had a lot of sponsors, Walmart, the Data Foundation, Jurgen Foundation, private donors, churches, you name it. This all, this all types of business. Um, and so they were sponsoring me per mile. Uh, so we would walk from Friday through Monday. And then on Monday, when we end at five o'clock, we end at the state house, state house with a press conference. Now, the funny thing about the walk is I'm five, four and a half. Give me my half. <laughs> <laughs> and Senator Kearney is five, ten. And then we had two other people that walked with us. Christine Patel, who was an attorney at Senator Kearney, got uh, uh, one of their best friends and the god mother and father of, her, of his children. And then we had another young guy uh, that walked with us. But. We would walk uh, four hours. We take four, uh, two Advils, change our shoes and socks. Another four hours, two Advils. So we every four hours we changed our shoes and socks, took Advils. We carried everything that we needed in the backpack. So I had two things on my back. I had a camel pack filled with water. Then in my backpack I had four Gatorades, G two, not just a G, G two for the extra uh, energy. I had goo packs, which you squirt and you got to put water behind it, or your stomach turns. Cliff bars, I went through maybe 65 cliff bars over four days, bananas and blueberries. So we survived on blueberries, bananas, cliff bars, goo packs, uh, Gatorade, and, and um, uh, water. So we ate that for four days, carried our toilet paper, socks, and shoes in there. So I went through 19 pairs of socks over four days and four pairs of shoes. Got all of my shoes from the running store which is located in Hyde Park. I still get my shoes there. I don't walk anymore. I still get my shoes there. And I bought four of the same types of shoes. And you said, why four of the same shoes? Because I numbered them. So when we change every four hours, you know, the first pair of ones and then the twos and then the threes and the fours and the ones. So yeah, yeah I did it that way. And every I year. do it. Yeah. And lost toenails. Mm. That was the craziest thing. Now in the first year, this I got to tell you about this first year. The first year that I walked, Every year I was the pace setter because I trained to walk uh, 4.3 miles and a half an hour. That's what I can do still to this day. I still train like I'm walking. You and walk I, four miles in 30 4.3 miles in 30 minutes. So when I train. You walk? I That's walk. like running. It is. It is. It is. That's probably why I lose all my toenails almost. <laughs> uh, but I still train with my incline eight. And I do the elliptical for 45 minutes. And then I come off and do the treadmill for 30 minutes. Then I do my planks and push-ups and weightlifting and all that. But that's how I still train. My mind is still telling me I'm training like that. And I don't train five days a week like I was doing for the walk. But I still do that training three days a week. And so when you walk with me, I can't walk slow. I don't know how to walk slow. Same. Yeah. People are like, you walk fast. I'm like, yeah. I, good, I think it's good. because like when you work in sports and you're like, you're in a you're game. Moving. 
Like you're on it's game day, you have to get from one side of the stadium to the other. Yes. You just learn how to like weave in and out of people That's and walk it. super fast. That's it. Yeah. So, so you can walk with me. So if you decide to do this for calls, I'm ready. Not, I'm ready. Not hundred and twelve miles. <laughs> that won't happen. Well, even if we did, um, Maybe one day, this one marathon walked for calls. You just let me know. Because now, like I said, I did it six years, so thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't have to walk anymore because our name is out there and we got a lot of private donors. Uh, but the funny thing I was going to tell you, so the first year that I did the walk, uh, we got back on that Monday. The following Friday, my husband had some tickets. He's placed in a country band for a hobby. So he had some tickets to a country showdown at River, River Band. So I had on my four-inch heels. And I had my toes all painted and everything, looking all cute. And my toe, my big toe, so the largest toenail, hit the step and it popped off. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) And the first thing came to my mind was the movie The Fly. The guy, when everything started falling off his ears and nose, it's an old movie. You get to see it. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Check it out, you guys. It's an old movie called The Fly. He had seven black suits, seven shirts, anything. He went into the machine, became a fly, half fly as human. But while he was changing over, things was falling off. So my toenail fell off. I just had to paint it purple. I needed that toenail. So what did I do? Because I was in shock, too. I didn't know what was going to happen. I picked up the toenail, put it in my purse. <laughs> I went to sit down next to my husband at the, at the country showdown. So I'm texting Santa Kern at the time. I'm like, is this normal? I just lost a toenail. Is there anything else you want to tell me about? <laughs> And he says, that's normal from the friction of that pushing, your toenails will pop off. He said, but it'll grow back. So the whole rest of the summer, I painted the skin <laughs> to pretend like I had a toenail there. And then every year I, I realized, okay, I'm losing two or three. It's normal to grow back. So they have always grown Not back. Not that you picked it up, though. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know <laughs> what to do. It, Did it you hurt? Know, no. It just, it just hit it and it popped off. There was no pain or anything. No pain, no, no blister, no bleeding, nothing. I don't like feet, so just them thinking about that. I know, that, it, just I know. You, it just makes you kind but of But now cringe. I got the most beautiful toenails because I haven't walked in six years. I can't, no, no, no. So, yeah, so that was that was fun. But I loved, I loved every minute of it. Um, I guess the, the most passionate day of the four days is that Sunday because every Sunday I'm at church, and so... To have gospel upbeat gospel music plan, and you walk in Route 22. That's the route that you walk, and actually Montgomery Road, which is Route 22, will take you all the way to Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and so the last year that we walked, Cynthia Kearney actually walked from Cleveland back to Cincinnati. So he did extra six days. Well, he did six days total, two days to take him from Cleveland to Columbus. I met him in Columbus and walked back with him. Uh, but yeah, Route 22 Montgomery Road, you can go all the way to Cleveland. So. For a person that don't like to drive on the expressway, Mm-mm. I would drive to Cleveland Route 22 <laughs> if I needed to. <laughs> but yeah, so no. that's the way that we I walk. don't even like walking up this hill. Oh, that's a piece of cake. So the key thing is when you walk on the hill, <laughs> that you walk fast with, with smaller steps. Smaller steps are just faster. And you get up instead of going... <gasps> Trying to do it like that. I'm gonna try yeah. that. Yeah, and we it. walk even if it rained. We, the only time that we didn't walk if it's if it was lightning. Okay, yeah. But that's so fun. I mean, it's just like I could have been like a gypsy. I don't know, say a gypsy. Maybe doing the the peacetime. You know, just out there in the rain walking. What as they called it. One of my sponsors, Union Savings Bank, my biggest sponsor, and Lim Davis. He's the community relations vice 
vice chair of community relations for Union Savings Bank. So the first year, he saw me with these braids going straight back. I had seven of them. Seven is completion. So I knew I was going to complete that year because I had the seven braids, right? He looked at me. He said, look, just like Queen Latifah on Set It Off. I'm like, what? And I didn't know the movie. So when I got home, I had to pull it up. I'm like, she look rough. Do I look that rough? Like, Because <laughs> I had just seven braids going straight back. You're Queen Latifah on set it off. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't even All know right. what that is. So it, I'm it's, just like... it's it's a it's a movie that is I'm not like... a it's it's a um, movie that is not very positive. But at the end, I understand why they went through what they did. But so there was bank robbers, four ladies. Uh, yeah, I'm so, looking up. And so she was rough and tough, you know. Like <laughs> yeah, set it off. And you look at Queen Latifah hair. He said that was me every year. I'm so, dead. So these are my walk. <laughs> I wear the seven braids, but I, again, I don't have to do the marathon walks uh, to Columbus. But uh, I may have something coming up soon for a friend of mine who just started a nonprofit. And uh, she's thinking about doing a 24-hour walk here, just a track in Cincinnati in the next two months. So I told her I would do 12 of the 24 hours for her. And then she can get people to walk the last 12 miles. So I'm willing to do that right now. Yeah. I'm tired thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your thank busy you schedule. Um, you truly are an amazing person. And I always mm-hmm. feel inspired every time we talk because you just have, like I said, a heart of gold. And there needs to be more people that have your heart. And you so. are one of those other people. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> So if anyone wants to continue having a conversation with you about anything that we talked about, whether it's your upbringing, uh, religion, your your job, or anything that you do, I feel like you have so many things going on. (laughs) (laughs) How could they get a hold of you? So two ways, uh, through email or call my office. My office number is 513-542-8000. 333 extension 5 again 513-542-8333 extension 5 or they can email me at lhydemiller at wallick.com w-a-l-l-i-c-k.com thank you thank you thank you again i really appreciate it i'm gonna put all of lisa's information in the description below thank you guys for listening in and always remember find your purpose and ignite your why